The Future Lifestyle Pro Podcast. Good evening, guys. It's Monday. It's time for a fucking other messy. Whoa, whoa, wish it was Sunday. Fucking Sunday. Whoa, whoa, I don't have to run day. It's a fucking other messy Monday. <clears throat> Hello. So, almost a full year after COVID came along to greet us. Um, nearly a year to the day, I think it is, since we got first lockdown. Maybe I'm wrong. Someone might have to correct me on that. Um, I think it's definitely safe to say that it's one of the most divisive things I've ever witnessed. <clears throat> Remember when Big Boris came onto, uh, onto the TV? It was almost a little bit exciting. Can you remember? And um, he came on TV looking like he'd combed his hair with a balloon like he always does. And then um, announced we were doing a lockdown. And it were a couple of weeks, he said, just as precautionary measures or whatever it was. And it were like, felt like you were taking part of our life away. Anyway, a year later, <laughs> and we've hardly seen the light of day. Um, but we've, uh, I, th I feel like I've definitely got my priorities straight. Hello, hello Nate, you alright mate? Um, I've definitely straightened my priorities out, that's for certain, over the last year. And I think sometimes we we kind of lose a bit of perspective on it these kind of things so we get told and i don't know about you but i've never experienced anything like this the once in a lifetime events and the thing about once in a lifetime events is they only happen once in a lifetime so there's not really any way of planning for it they almost always are going to blindside you <clears throat> so it's difficult to uh to sort of compare it with anything but inevitably it always gets politicized it causes a lot of division and you know Nate he's had a new direction since lockdown congratulations to you Nate I think a lot of us have had a, lot, a new direction uh, the media the media exacerbate things the media make it you, the media will have you thinking the world's ending um, you just turn the news on and it looks like the world's ending. And, uh, you know, I always say it's important to not look at the news for a number of reasons. Um, it's confusing. Listening to the different politicians, the, you know, the backhandedness of it all. Um, what what I do see on the news, the, the bullshit that we have to, to witness with the politicians, with the media, it's no wonder that there's zero trust and it, and the net, and, and it takes literally takes decades to regain that trust. They've they've basically fucked it for himself, of the politicians now, um, and it. I don't call me crazy. You know I'm not a particularly intelligent guy, 
when something bad happens, right? This is just how I, this is a principle that I've got. When something difficult to manage is occurring or something, a problem arises, something bad happens, <clears throat> that moment is when you need to be extra careful and extra ethical. You need to make sure that you just get the basics really, really right. And this government seemed to have just fucked it up in any which way that they possibly could, or most of the ways. You know, not all. It's not all been bad, but um, but you know, it's it's no wonder there's no trust, and there's even more. There's even more. Uh, what's the word? There's more evidence arising that the COVID were made in a lab. I don't know if it was or if it wasn't. <clears throat> I don't think it was made on purpose. Uh, I'm not a conspiracist. A lot of pe a lot of conspiracists w think that it was made in a lab for whatever conspiratory reasons. Um, now I think they can probably give themselves a pat on the back. They were right. Now they weren't right, or they will. It's looking likely that they were right, and I don't think they were right because they knew they were they were right by chance. They were right by luck. Um, they got it right because they were paranoid, and it just so happened that what they suspected was more closer to the truth than it just evolving from a bat. Anyway, anyway, right. So, imagine a world where every single hand gesture, um, every single eye movement, uh, every single move that you made was tracked by AI. Imagine that world, so no matter, there's no freedom. Like I could turn this phone off right now, immerse it in a load of water, come, come, come sit back in this room and I'm in a room on my own. Nobody knows I'm here. <clears throat> um, and that sounds like a scary world, right? The world where AIs and algorithms know us inside and out. They know us inside. From our from the from the data that we're emitting from our from our devices from cameras from whatever we've got on us on us right now, this isn't this isn't just the future. This is now, right? Um, surveillance is it's uncomfortable. It's it's a scary thing. And the problem we've got is the world is becoming so much more complex than it's ever been. The, the, with the sharing of information the way that it is the availability of information the the progress of technology the exponential progress of technology it's it, it's it's kind of running away from us a little bit uh, populations are getting bigger and and the, there has to be some form of control right we all agree that whenever whatever kind of group situation there is any number of people, there needs to be some order or another, otherwise it's just chaos, right? I mean, we're already living in a world where we've got a tracking device in our pockets 24-7, or we've got it in our pockets all day and next to our head on a night. Uh, we're living in this world already. There's already a tracking device and a recording device and things that can read us and our bio data already. But I'm talking about in the future where every single move is tracked, okay? And, I, and I'm going to argue <clears throat> for a case for 
mass surveillance stroke turnkey totalitarianism stroke lockstep lockstep's a little bit of a trigger word though a lot of conspiracists love that word lockstep um but, but before you get your knickers in a twist, I just want to say that I aren't comfortable with mass scale surveillance any more than anyone else's. Um, I just want to argue the case for it because it's so easy to find people who agree with you. What's the point in that? There's no fun in that. Um, it's called disagreeing well disagree well let's disagree well and see what other alternatives we can come up with together through our meeting of minds <clears throat> there's a there's a science paper called the fragile world hypothesis which i read um which kind of got my mind ticking and it it's not as bad mass scale surveillance isn't as bad as it as it would appear to us just on the face of things, um, you know, we, we we have new, we want new things, we like new things, we want new iPhones, we want better TVs, we want faster cars, we want nicer tasting foods that are more affordable to us, we want more safety. And the problem with that is, if we want all these things, we need to have progress. We have to have progress. But with progress, technological progress, you create new problems. New things that come along, or any kind of progress at all, creates new problems. And new problems are good because solving problems is how you progress. You know, it's, it's, it's solving problems ends suffering, for example. Every single problem solved is good. Um, but it's not... It's not inconceivable that eventually, through this progress, because we will keep progressing, regardless of how much, regardless of how much meditating we do, regardless of how much, um, you know, throwing molotovs at police we do and demonstrations and all this kind of stuff. No matter how much that we do, it's not inconceivable that the progress that we are inevitably going to go through could eventually destroy the future of humanity okay we in in the uh, fragile world hypothesis he talks about every single new idea every single piece of technology every single new norm or meme or anything that we ever invent that's new represents is represented by a white ball and Every, and every single time we dis we create a new idea, we put a white ball. We're pulling a white ball from an urn of all the other metaphorical ideas that there are. Pulling a white ball out. Oh, nice one! I've just created a new style of iPhone. Brilliant! It's a white ball. What's this one? Oh, it's a way to genetically modify food so we can get more protein. Brilliant! So, all of these white balls represent ideas. Now the more progress that we go through and the more people that there are, there's inevitably going to be technologies that are dangerous. Is COVID-19, if it is an invention, is that a, is that a dangerous, is that a dangerous um, invention? What about nuclear bombs? Are nuclear bombs a dangerous invention? Nuclear power? 
nuclear power could eventually be paradoxically the thing that saves humanity. Um, fossil fuels, are fossil fuels a uh, an invention that we've created that will eventually destroy humanity. Now, all of these, pr the, the, there will be one idea eventually that does destroy humanity. And if you disagree, put it in the comments. All right. If you think that there will not, there will, we will never come up with an idea that will destroy humanity. I'd love to hear why, right? And that idea that will eventually destroy humanity, that is a black ball within the urn, okay? Within the urn of inventions, within the urn of ideas, that one idea that will destroy humanity is represented by a black ball. So we're picking white balls out, and it's pure luck. We don't know what a, a, we don't know when we're going to pull the black ball out. We don't know when we're going to invent a technology that will destroy humanity because all we're doing is progressing. We're progressing and trying to satisfy needs, satisfy needs, satisfy needs all across the world in exponential growth because there's more humans and more ideas than ever before and it's only going to exponentially grow. So we don't know when this idea is going to be born because it might not just you don't just pull it out and it, and everyone dies. It takes time to manifest and that technology, for example, nuclear power, fossil fuels. We discovered fossil fuels, what, 300 years ago now? Well, it's only just starting to manifest itself in in, uh, in, in, um, in whatever, global warming and all this stuff. So eventually we will pull something out that will destroy the future of humanity. Um, and the only way that we can stop that from happening is by preventing people from doing it before the opportunity arises. Okay? So, let's just say we have a mass... Now go back to as mass-scale surveillance. Everyone might have tags. Everyone's got their phones and things like this. Things that we can... At the worst-case scenario, the, the people in charge, the authorities can press a button or turn a key... And it can shut the whole whole show down. Nothing can move. Transportation stops everything. Okay, um, and the only only th and what that will do is that will prevent any bad actors, any people who might cause the end of humanity in the future, to stop what they're doing. Now, the only way, to, obviously, like I say, the only way to do that is through mass scale surveillance and and turnkey totalitarianism. But we'd have to be vigilant of the programmers who who create the programs that that watch over us. Um, it wouldn't be a lot of people like in nineteen eighty four sat in a building. It'd be it'd be AI. It'd be AIs and algorithms that that would do this. Okay. So really, the problem with that is we'd need to make sure that the programmers are ethical, are fully ethical people. Now, the thought of this is, is uncomfortable. It's like some kind of dystopian, horrible future. But when, from what from what I read, um, when they first created passports, that came with a lot of negativity. It came with a lot of scepticism. Any kind of form of ID gets treated with any with 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 scepticism and, and resistance. But it's important to remember that life, no matter what area you've been involved in, has gotten easier and safer. 
and it's continued to do so since the beginning of time, right? Um, and when you sort of watch the news about the things like ID, passport, COVID ID, passport thingies, and the stuff going on in the news of the riots and anti-mask, and all, that's just, all that's doing is firing our chimp brain. It's firing our chimp brain. There's so much shit going on when you turn the news on. There's so much horrible um, divisiveness going on. But if you take a step back, humanity's only ever gotten gotten safer and we've only ever progressed. And yeah, there's been a lot of suffering, but there's always been a lot of suffering. Um, and I always ask people, if, if now is so bad, what era would you prefer to go back to? And they can never answer me. Um, would you prefer to go back to the 60s, maybe? Where we had toilets outside in the back garden. No central heating. Um, you know, you were only eating food that was grown locally. Which sounds okay, but you don't just want to eat turnips and carrots for every single meal, do you? And that's if you could even afford it. Often meat was off the menu. You know, this is we're talking about the we're talking about the not too distant past here. What about the Roman times? We've all seen those films. Amazing. The old the you know would have his own farm. It'd be amazing. We'd be a warrior. We'd live off the land, but no electricity, no heating. Literally beheaded for having different beliefs from from other pe uh, from the people around you. Uh, witchcraft. People believed in witchcraft starving constantly almost in a state of poverty all the time if you go back to the Roman times what about Stone Age back to the cavemen days Paleolithic times live on the paleo diet foraging we can sit around a campfire and talk but what about that bear that just comes up behind you and eats you what about jumping over a bush grazing your leg and dying from the wound what about that so most of the times that we've ever lived and have had problems, and it, we, we would all agree that this is the safest time that we've ever lived in. The problem we've got is, when you turn on the news, it looks as if the world's falling apart, and it really isn't. Um, you know, before, we, 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 didn't, we didn't have any choices. Now we've got choices. We can choose to go to Ibiza or Magaluf. We can choose to eat an avocado, or we can choose to eat sushi. You know, they're all from different parts of the world. This kind of stuff, we take for granted. All these little things. Um, before 1998, before the internet, if you moved to another town, uh, or let's just say another part of the country, it, it, you might never see that your your family in the flesh again. If, you're, if you moved away to another town, your kids might never see their grandparents again. Um, and now they can You'd have, you'd have, you'd get beheaded, like I say, for having differing, differing views on things. Um, but there was no surveillance, so it was much better. But seriously, though, there's a trade-off. Um, there's a trade-off. Do we want to have progress? Do we want safety? Um, as long as the numbers of people in the world are, are growing, and the ideas keep coming, there has to be some kind of balance between the amount of people the amount of ideas and technology and feeding all those people 
and keeping everyone safe as well. Um, and I think the way around it is to just harness technology, accept that technology is going to play a major part in it, whether or not we do a turnkey totalitarian state where we're just hoping that the government is nice enough to, to not turn us into North Korea, which I doubt. And we have to hold the, the, the leaders accountable. We have to hold the, the tech companies that create these programs accountable. We have to hold um, our governments, our local councillors accountable. And these things are within our reach to do. We have to be mindful not to react to things so violently. We have to be mindful not to be so triggered by things. Because the real world, this world now that I'm sat in, is fine. Nobody, it's, it's, it's just the world on the screen that, that, that seems like such an horrible place. Um, I think keeping freedom of speech, free speech is paramount. No cancelling each other, listening to each other well, disagreeing well. Do you disagree with this theory? This totalitarian state theory, the way that I've presented it? If so, why? Can you, can you at least tr try to see what I'm getting at? And if, and if you can, or if you can't, what alternatives could you come up with? Let us know. But um, anyway, guys, I'll leave you at that. I love you, and I'll see you later on. Bye.